We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into this edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio this morning. Jeffrey Wright joining us for his weekly appearance on the show. We'll talk a good bit of NBA draft today. It is tonight, 7 o'clock, ESPN and ABC, and the Memphis Grizzlies involved in a trade overnight, getting Marcus Smart from the Boston Celtics, the Celtics getting uh, Porzingis from the Wizards, and the winger, the uh, the Wizards getting uh, Tyrus Jones and some other assets as well. So we'll discuss that. We'll do some uh, some college baseball stuff today. We'll talk some college world series. We'll hit some uh, some business topics, some, some major league baseball, and much more on the show. A show brought to you every day by the Oxford Exxon Highway Six West in Oxford. You know about the Blue Sky location here locally, the ribs, the chicken. Let them take care of dinner tonight for you. They make it quick and easy. Stop in, call ahead. They'll have it ready to go for you with the Oxford Exxon. If you're in the Brookhaven and Clinton areas, they have the homemade donuts every morning. Take advantage of those. A lot of flavors, a lot of variety there at those Blue Sky locations, Blue Sky up and down I-55 and throughout North Mississippi as well. And we're coming to you from the Clark Ford Studio, 662-257-1900, Amory, Mississippi, Highway 25 South. Let Corey be your truck guy, let him be your car guy, and he will take care of you no matter where you are in the car buying process. Corey will help you out. He's someone you can trust, and he will help you along the way, and you might just buy a car from him in the process as well. So again, that's Clark Ford in Amory. We'll go ahead and jump in with Jeffrey, the My Perfect Franchise hotline. Andy Ludicky, he can help you out in all your franchise needs. So here is Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright now joining us on the My Perfect Franchise hotline as he does every single Thursday. Jeffrey, we're going to give you a warm-up hour here. Is uh, I know where your day is headed. Grizzlies involved in a three-team trade last night, picking up Marcus Smart from the Boston Celtics. The uh, Wizards getting Tyus Jones, uh, Danilo Gallinari, Mike Muscala, and a 2023 number 35 overall pick. Celtics, Porzingis, 2023 uh, number 25, and number 2024 number one. That one is uh, protected. Obviously, we'll start with Grizzlies here. What does this uh, What does this do, incoming and outgoing? So everyone has been focused on the Dylan Brooks replacement, and – 
I think it became clear. If it wasn't clear to Grizzlies fans after the trade deadline, I think it started to become more clear during the summer. There was not going to be some perfect replacement. Um, so you had to start looking at, okay, what did the Grizzlies need? If you're looking at one player, you needed a, diver- a diverse, the you needed a versatile defender because in general, John Morant's not a great defender. Like, you know, can he stay in front of people sometimes? Sure. But you're going to need someone that's probably going to have to switch on to whoever Jaws guarding and be able to guard the perimeter, which was Dylan Brooks's value. And he did that really well. I mean, there were times in the Timberwolves series last season, dude was guarding Carl Anthony Towns and not like, doing a adequate job. Like, I'm not saying he, sh- he shut him down, but he did a very adequate job. So you need a versatile perimeter defender. Okay. It was very obvious this year the Grizzlies needed more grownups. And I would even argue more so they needed, they needed dogs. Like, Steven Adams is a dog, but it's kind of different when you're like big man dog. And like, they needed dogs on the perimeter. And there's no question, Marcus Smart fits that category. All right, you would like to have better shooting. Smart is not a great shooter, but he is like a streaky shooter. And from the Grizzlies perspective, he can already live with that. And I feel like, you know, you went through that with Brooks. Smart's more consistent than Brooks. And then finally, you wanted somebody with playoff experience and you needed somebody, if push came to shove, could make a play in the playoffs. Well, Marcus Smart doesn't make every play in the playoffs. If he did, he'd be a freaking Hall of Famer but he's made plays in the playoffs. And so you did not find a perfect replacement, but I think you probably checked more boxes than you would have otherwise. I think what you're going to see is Boston fans are going to be very upset. And then in general, you're going to see a lot of Grizzlies fans going, I don't know, because man, that looked like a lot to give up. You gave up the two first. And I'm not saying that, like, that's wrong. I also think part of the Grizzlies' confusion is, well, if you're making this big of a deal, like, how are John Morant, Desmond Bain, Marcus Smart, how are they all going to play together? Because that's a very small lineup. And I think that's a fair consideration. I think, though, where I net out is I never believed that the Grizzlies were going to make some type of home run deal if you will. And like when I sat down and kind of like mapped it out, I think, I think this checked more needs for them than probably anyone else that they were going to get. And more importantly, um, if you, if you as an organization have been worried about uh, your ability to talk to your superstar, well, Marcus smart, wasn't afraid to get in Jalen Brown and, and, Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum's face. Something tells me he's not going to be afraid of getting in John Morant's face, given the fact that the other two had about three or four inches and 30 pounds on him. And he's going to not sure he's all worried about old pipsqueak as I would imagine. He's probably going to call him. I love the trade for Memphis. If I were a Grizzlies fan, I'd be freaking thrilled for a number of reasons. One, I like smart. I've always liked Marcus smart. Um, He's, 
he's tough. He's a dog, like you said. I mean, he's he's always had people doubting him since his days at Oklahoma State. Um, you're exactly right about grownups, about a leader. He's not going to take that crap. He will absolutely have no hesitation whatsoever to get in John Morant's grill. It tells me, and maybe I'm reaching here, but it tells me that I know there's an appeal and all that stuff, but it tells me that at some point in the conversations when this suspension came down on Morant, someone in the league told Ja or his people or both, don't F with us again. Don't do it again. Don't screw with us again. Do not push us to this brink again. And Marcus Smart's a, he, he's that dude. And and you're right. He's not he's not a great shooter. If he were a great shooter, he'd be well, he wouldn't be on the Grizzlies. He'd be a top 20 NBA player. You know, I mean, he's not a great shooter, but he can make shots. He's not a bad shooter. This is not like the draft tonight where there's three or four dudes in the lottery that you're like, well, you know, if, if they could become shooters, and it's like yeah, not everybody becomes a shooter in, in the NBA. Smart kind of did. 37% uh, in the postseason this year. Yeah, he's he's fine. I mean, he's yeah, not. It's, but it is, I will say Thompson, this. But he's really it, good. It's an erratic 37%. It's like it 7 for 10 and then 0 for 11. Like it's and it's there's never like a there's never a night where it's four for eleven. It's but look, it, but look if he's if he's gonna play if, if Memphis is winning, yeah. If Memphis is winning, they're not asking him to be a primary scorer. No. You've got Ja, you've got Triple J, you've got Desmond Bain. You're not asking him to be a a, a a high level scorer. You're asking him to come in, play defense, be a grown up, tell Ja to grow up. Um, I think it puts them. I'm not crazy about Phoenix because I just don't like this. I don't like the combination. You and me sure. both, baby. I'm not sure it works. Who's they, playing I, point guard? I, I mean, Booker? Okay, so now you've just taken the most, like, with all due respect to Kevin Durant, the most elite offensive score right now on that team is Kevin or is, is Devin Booker, yeah. and you're making him be on ball? Yeah, it, it doesn't work. And Bradley Beal's an off-ball player, and I love Bradley Beal. And Kevin Durant's one of the greatest scorers of all time, but he's going to be 35 years old and he's, he's got injuries and I, I don't, I, and he I don't, doesn't play a lot. And everyone keeps doing this thing about Aiton. They're like, well, they're going to get all these pieces for DeAndre Aiton. I'm like, who, from who? He, the, the people that say that are not watching the league. The league has never been smarter. It has never had more smart people running organizations. Like there's all these talks about what's going to happen in the, in the lottery tonight. I'm like, okay, what is the motivation for, Utah to give away their picks. What is the motivation for Washington, which very clearly is in total rebuild mode, to go, okay, yeah, we'll trade out of the eight and we'll go back into the back. They're not doing that. I mean, the the, the league is bright now. You you don't you don't just go pillage someone's roster. Yeah, no one's gonna take DeAndre Ayton and give up a bunch of assets for it. it, it, well, I mean, a, it was a bad your, contract when they gave it to him. To your point. I mean, everyone seemed to, yes, DeAndre Ayton got beat by Nikola Jokic. Well, so did Anthony Davis. I mean, Anthony yeah. Davis going into the Western Conference Finals was the biggest story of the playoffs. What's he doing? Like, he look at how much he's dominating. Well, he went up against Jokic, and he didn't fare any better. No. So, you know, is Ayton going to be some type of perfect player? But no, but the Nuggets are still the Nuggets are still the favorite in the West. 
Aiton at least gives you like a body. Like you're going to have to have somebody. I'm just not convinced that they're getting off of him. Like, like everyone thinks that they are. Yeah. And I don't know what you, my, my point is, I don't know what, what team out there looks at Deandre Aiton and goes, okay, well that's the missing piece. I don't even know if that's what you're searching for. I think what you're probably searching for is who's a team that's like, Hey, we've got to spend 90% of the cap. Let's right. just take it. But to your point, those teams don't really have the types of players that Phoenix is looking for to win now. Yeah, those teams, frankly, are those are teams that are looking for a short-term contract, like a two-year deal, where they can move off of it in a couple of years because they know they have they have good young players that they don't want to trade that they know they're going to have to pay soon. So that's it. Just is not just not a great fit. So back to Memphis for a second. They've got their full MLE mid-level exception for people who are not NBA junkies like me. Okay, I think that's still true. I'm still trying to figure out if that's true after last night. Okay, I think it is. Let's just for the sake of I think it is because I think you're allowed to take back. Essentially, they sent out, I think, 15-7 with Tyus, and I think they're taking back something like 17-4 with Smart. I'm I'm a little unsure because Smart's contract is like elevated per year. But I believe they still have the mid-level exception. However, I'm not 100% confident. All right, let me be hand-raised guy, explain that, because casual fans have literally no idea what you're talking about. Okay, so if you are – let's see if I can do this right. If you're a non-taxpayer, right, Neil? Right. If you're a non-taxpayer, you are given an exemption to go over the salary cap up to it's been around 12 million dollars it's a percentage of whatever the total salary cap is so basically you're allowed to go over the salary cap to give one player this contract as long as you're not a taxpayer okay gotcha via trade correct okay do you and it usually gets done by sign usually what it is is it's a player that's a free agent and the team that he's on can't currently match so you work out a sign and trade because the team knows they can't keep them. They try to get something in return, and then you're able to give them that contract. Okay. Do you buy the Harrison Barnes talk to Memphis? We would make a ton of sense there. No, because I think Barnes is probably going to get more than the MLE. Like if you start to look at it, like I still think Dylan Brooks is probably going to get like. 15 to 17 million dollars. I would think Barnes is going to get that if Dylan's going to get that. And at that point, he gets priced out. What about Bruce Brown, who opted out of his deal with Denver? So Bruce Brown has been a name that has been extremely hot here. And this was kind of even before like he made his mark in the finals. Mm-hmm. The only problem I see with Bruce Brown is when you made the decision to go get smart, if you are accepting, I, I I can't imagine a situation where you trade for Marcus Smart and you don't at least want to close games with him. So if you're closing games with him, that's closing games with John ja Morant, Marcus Smart, Desmond Bain on your perimeter. It's really small. So you got so, you got Jaron Jackson. Who's the who's the fifth? Because it's not going to be Stephen Adams. He's he's not going to be in your closing lineup. Well, what does Brandon Clark look like? I mean, the thought is in the playoffs, he'll be he'll be ready to go, but he is coming off an Achilles. And while we've seen players return from Achilles recently, more so, I mean, this used, 
the Achilles used to be a death sentence. Like, let, let's be real. Like you tore your Achilles, mm-hmm. like you, you could come back and score, but you were never ever going to touch the type of player that you had been. We've seen guys come back from the Achilles and, and at least be closer to their to their form, but it's still a huge question mark. And you know he tore it in March, so is he ready to go in the playoffs? My guess is, my guess is it's Clark, but I don't know. So now I'm starting to wonder if if he because while Brown Brown's a pretty good fit he still doesn't give them like I would think that they're looking for someone that can switch on the perimeter more like threes and fours rather than twos and threes which I think is kind of what they're thinking with smart so Brown was definitely a name that was regularly suggested here as the person to watch and it came from people that i it came from people that i believe uh might actually know something i don't hate this trade for boston by the way you know so Porzingis, Ch- Porzingis chase, was asking, chase was asking me off the air it's like what's the logic here and i think this is the logic and you can correct me if i'm wrong i think they were getting frustrated with grant williams limited nature mm-hmm and this, at least in theory, gives them a much more versatile big, and it it potentially raises their ceiling. It's just yes. the same question with Porzingis that it has been since I don't know what twenty seventeen. Well, what's his health? It's his health, but it, you know he very quietly had a really good season for a really bad Washington team. Yeah, if you, if you go look at his numbers, especially his efficiency numbers, he was elite from an efficiency standpoint. And in, in Boston, you know Tatum's the, the guy. The, the Jalen Brown's going to be the, the, the number two. Horford's not getting any younger. He's had a hell of a career, but he's, the age is starting to show. You're right about you know Grant Williams because he just, when he's out there healthy, he's a beast, but he's just not out there healthy very much. But if, if, if they could both, your goal in Boston at this point is win or, win or bust, right? So you uh, yes. got to figure out. I mean, you're, you've you've made Eastern Conference Finals. You've made the finals. It's it's hey, there's only there's two outcomes here. There's pass fail. You win or you don't. I think in a in a from a ceiling standpoint, it raises their ceiling because if Porzingis is healthy and Williams is healthy, and you can kind of use Horford more limited and more efficiently, you've got Tatum, you've got Brown. I mean, you're you're already right there. You still have one hell of a shot in the East. Yeah, to me, the biggest question that I still have, and and by the way, I mean Robert Williams also. Yeah, He's, yeah. I, I know what you mean. I, but they have both of them. So, well, I mean, that's the thought is that they're this means they're getting off of Grant Williams. Yeah. I still think the biggest problem that Boston has is no true point guard. And like, I, I think part of the whole oil and water thing with Tatum and Brown is the fact that it has been shown in the playoffs that if you, if you put the ball in Brown's hands, he cannot create, he's not good. He can't dribble. Like that's a legitimate thing. Like he can't do it. And in that situation, what teams have been able to do is essentially just double Tatum. Like, Tatum has still had massive playoff games, but there's also even Celtics fans will tell you like 
there will be fourth quarters where they feel like they can't even find him on the floor. And so to me, a, a pure point guard changes that. And obviously, I don't think that they're done making moves yet. But I really wonder, like, if this whole, like, Chris Paul thing, like, ends up becoming a buyout, I do wonder if they can talk him into oh. it. Because I think he makes more sense there than he does, the, like, the Clippers. I don't, I don't get the whole Clippers thing. Everyone, I just we, think we, it's L.A. I mean, I think it's the same thing that drives us insane about the NBA. It, I get, I get the people get hung up on Kawhi and Paul George and all that stuff. It, it's, it, it hasn't worked. It's, it's not going to work. The window's closed on them. It just has, and and, and they have, from a franchise standpoint, the Clippers, help Oklahoma City owns them. They own all their picks. They own all their swaps. They, it was, they went all in on Paul George and. It didn't work, and I, I I understand it. Sometimes you have to go all in. Sometimes you have to just push the chips to the middle of the table and say, "Here we go." I mean, Denver's kind of doing it right now. They're making making moves where they're 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 going to have a credit card bill come in in a few years, but they'll probably gladly pay it because they're probably going to have it at least two titles when when they're finished with it. Is the way it looks. But well, I mean, honestly, didn't you? My first reaction when I saw they made the deal with Indiana yesterday. Like that was kind of like one of the first deals to move back into the first round. My first instinct was, oh yeah, I mean, that's how you have to fill out your roster because you're going to have Jokic on the max, Porter's on a big deal, and then Murray's on a big deal. Like, yeah, you're going to have to start filling it in with, with cheap draft guys. And, you know, I think the Grizzlies probably went with that strategy a year too soon because that was kind of what they did last year. With that said, like, you know, they knew that they were basically going to have three guys and, it, you know, Bain's contract will get announced at some point this summer. Like, that's kind of how you have to start combating it is you're going to have to have young, cheap options. And I, I assumed that's what Denver was doing. Yeah, I think it is. Because, they're gonna, like you said, the way that the new CBA kicks in in a week, um, the way it's set up is you can keep your guys, but you're going to have to pay. And if you get into that, what is the second apron when you get there, man, you're going to have to have some, you're going to have to have some veteran minimum deals and you're going to have to have a bunch of rookie scale deals. If you're going to try to pull it off. Show sponsored by better help. When you're at your best, you can do great things. Sometimes life gets you bogged down. You may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in a way that you want to Working with a therapist can be a great way to get closer to the best version of you. Cause when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything life throws at you. Use a therapist, you get somebody without any preconceived notions. Family and friends are great to talk to, but at the same time, they have their own thoughts. They have their own opinions. They're more emotional about it. Talk to a therapist that has a clean slate and is just there for you. So if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp's a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Spot a brief questionnaire. Get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MPW today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MPW. Our next partner is Athletic Greens. I drink AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. I gave AG1 a try because I wanted better gut health, sustained energy, immune support, immune system support, I should say, and I just don't like taking pills if I can avoid it. Uh, I drink AG1 every morning. I love knowing I'm doing something good for my body, giving my body the nutrition it craves, covering my nutritional bases, 
Covering my nutritional basis for the day literally couldn't be easier, which is why I trust Athletic Greens. I just mix one small scoop of AG1 with water and drink it first thing in the morning. Done. I also like that it costs less than $3 a day. It's pretty good if you ask me. It's a really effective daily habit with the highest quality sourced ingredients. It's a win-win. If a comprehensive solution is what you need for your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash mpw. That's athleticgreens.com slash mpw. Check it out. Are you vacationing on Florida's Emerald Coast this summer? Whether you're staying from 30A to Pensacola Beach or anywhere in between, please check out Captain Lee Comerford with Salty Lab Charters. Licensed and insured, he offers custom excursions such as dolphin watching along Destin Beaches, Crab Island sandbar experiences, and much more. He's an Ole Miss grad, an Air Force veteran, has more than 30 years of boating experience along Florida's Emerald Coast. All trips are private to your group, so maximum of six per group. So check him out on Instagram or book today at saltylabcharters.com. Use the code REBELGROVE20 to save 20%. Uh, off of your excursion this is uh codes do is is good i should say through the end of june you can apply the code to any charter booked in 2023 again that's saltylabcharters.com we're also brought to you by lake hill motors in corinth mississippi check out their zero turn bobcat mowers they have a complete line of mowers ranging from the entry level residential zt2000 with a cutting speed of 7 miles per hour to the the top-of-the-line commercial ZT7000 with a mowing speed of 13 miles per hour. All Bobcat mowers come with the trademarked Tough Deck cutting system that's constructed with heavy-gauge fabricated steel for durability and improved vacuum lift, providing a reliable, perfectly manicured finish every time. The uh, Bobcat line is priced below MSRP, comes with a three-year warranty, and uh, currently Bobcat's offering zero profit percent financing for 60 months or up to two thousand dollars cash discounts for cash purchases on or financing at regular rates so get a hundred dollars off if you mentioned that you heard about it on the podcast contact michael mccalla at 662-871-6918 or visit him in person 2003 highway 72 east annex in corinth podcast is brought to you by g and m pharmacy 662-236 2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area and they offer medicine. For your prescriptions the same day each month and take care of you. They'll help you transfer your medications. You make one phone call and they take care of the rest. So whether it be in Holly Springs with Tyson Drugs or GM here in Oxford, let a community pharmacy take care of all your pharmaceutical needs. Again, that is 662-236-2222. Yeah. And I mean, you know, to your point. You know, when you go all in, like use, you know, Cronky owns the Nuggets. But I mean, when they went all in with the Rams, what you're seeing is if they didn't win the title the year that they did, like that could have been disastrous. I mean, you know what I mean? Like they're they don't have a they don't have a path to rebuilding right now. Like they're having to just kind of wait this out with with Stafford. But who cares? Like you got your title like they went all in. I mean. Oh, once you get a ring, everything else gets justified. I don't, I, totally. I mean, Chase, you probably feel the same way. Like, yeah, you with the Saints, what? How many years of delaying this credit card bill has there been? But it's like, I don't care. Like, I got, I got, I got a ring, and it was like 
one of the best playoff runs I can ever like. There's nothing better than a playoff run. Like when you, and you actually finish the deal, like that's as good as it gets as a sports fan. Yeah, I mean, getting the one makes it all justifiable no matter what. I don't mind delaying the bill at all. Um, I've got – I mean, the Saints are a weird case because of the scar tissue with all the playoff losses and the near misses. And, frankly, you can make an argument in underachieving era. But, yeah, look, I mean, keep kicking it down the road because you just – I mean, every sport allows that to some extent. You know what I mean? Like, always. Yeah. Like, just keep going, keep going, keep going, and figure it out later, okay? And then, yeah, maybe you got to tank one year. But I'd rather have four more years in an era – then tank two or three or do whatever to fix that problem right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm, it's, not, it's not my bill. I'm not worried about it. I don't care at all. Um, no, you just, you just the goal is you want an owner that is cash heavy that can just pay the bill. Brandon Miller going two tonight. God, but I it certainly so. seems like I hope so because if he goes to the fireworks start right away because Portland cannot. Both take Scoot Henderson and keep Damian Lillard happy. The two things are oil and water. And at that point, man, all bets are off. Who does Dame want? Depends on who so, you believe. Go ahead, Jeffrey. So uh my produ- my old producer uh and I, we've we've been woke on Dame Lillard for like five years, like well before it was cool. He is the king of playing both sides. Like, you know, he does the publicly you know, I'm the guy that has stayed with the same team, loyalty, but, you know, look at what I've done. And then like five minutes after he'll be like in front of a microphone telling everyone how much he just loves it here in Portland. And he's here, he's a blazer for life. There's like an immediately sources close to Dame Lillard say that should a Dame Lillard trade be, uh, be found, he would be open to the idea. And it's just like, all right, well, I know where that's coming from. It's like, he's playing both sides. Good for him. He's made a ton of money. Mm-hmm. But I mean, to me, like Portland is just in that that miserable spot. Uh, if you really want to get woke with me for a little bit. Anyone else in on the idea that the uh, that the Hornets publicly said that Michael Jordan's going to be uh, the final decision maker for the number two pick so that they can take Brandon Miller and then in the event that it goes poorly. Michael Jordan's the scapegoat, and you can't really make Michael Jordan a scapegoat. Yeah, I buy that. Um, you got someone to pay, place the blame on, and what, like, what is everyone? Every, like, the thing will be like, oh yeah, he picked Kwame Brown one too. So like, whatever. You know what I mean? What like, a it, yeah. I mean, look, Wembenyama is the clear number one. Every every franchise in in the league would have taken him. At at two, I just don't know how you can. Don't know how you can look at Scoot Henderson's game and pass on it. I just I, I I don't know how you do it. And I know you already have Lamelo, but I mean, is Lamelo staying long term? I mean, I have. If I'm Charlotte, I, I got to well, know that. You, you want to get real woke with me? Sure. Uh, if Charlotte ends up uh, re-signing Miles Bridges, which I think it, they will. Uh, the school of thought is because Miles Bridges and LaMelo are extremely close. Okay. And that seems to be where it's headed. I mean, if, if you, if you're confident that LaMelo staying there from a fit standpoint, Brandon Miller makes the most sense. 
I'm just of the school of thought that when you're that high in the draft, you don't draft for fit. You draft for ceiling. You draft for upside. You take the big swing. I mean, in general, I just think you, you literally should just determine who is the best player and take that. In the event of a tie, I'm fine with fit being a tiebreaker. But it felt like the entire time they were trying to they were trying to manipulate a situation to where Brandon Miller was their best option because of fit. So here's my Portland uh, theory. Tell me whether you think I'm crazy. I think Portland is doing this stuff publicly about, hey, we're going to try to get Bam Adebayo. We're going to try to get Paul George. We're going to try to get all these people to come play with Dame and make a title run on this team that's nowhere close to winning a title. When in reality, they know that's not going to work. They know that's not what they're going to do. They're going to take Scoot Henderson if he's sitting there at three even though the whole league is going to try to trade up right there. They're going to take Scoot, they're going to move Dame, and they're going to build around Henderson and Sharp and, and go, hey, look, we tried. It didn't work. We, we couldn't make it work, so we're going into rebuild mode. But we tried, so stick with us. Be patient. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, last year, what? At this time last year on draft day, we thought Jabari was going on. Isn't that correct? There was a lot of talk about him going one until about right about this hour as we tape this in the morning when the betting odds suddenly shifted. Uh, yeah, but didn't they, didn't they flip? I feel like they flipped again, like before I did my show. And then it was like around. I remember firing up the grill because Thursday night's uh, my grilling night. And it was like around like 530 or six. It was like that was when the news started leaking. Hey, it's going to be Paolo. Like the odds. The odds were like ping-ponging for like mm -hmm. weeks, but it felt like it had stabilized on Jabari. And well, then, there was panic. I can tell you there was panic in Oklahoma City that that it was going to be Chet. Correct. That he was going number one because the truth is they deep down didn't like the other two that much. They were afraid Palo would 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 mope in Oklahoma City because of the market. And I think some of this is revisionist history. Three and some of it's just people being honest a year later. They were worried that Jabari was just going to be a good player. That was it. Yeah, and, and I think both of those are, I mean, especially if you're in Oklahoma City's position that they were in, like, you needed, I I think everybody was fine with them swinging on 3-0 and, and and trying to drop and drive. Like, at that point, like, adding just another good player, like, they were better off maximizing and trying to hit the home run. Yeah. And they, they felt that Chet was the potential home run guy. I guess the, the problem... They have the lowest floor in that trio, but he probably had the highest ceiling. And Paolo might be proving him wrong. I guess we'll find out in the next year or two. But The problem that I have with Scoot Henderson is I just don't know what to do with like G-Leaguing night guys. I only watched a little of him this year. I obviously watched the Wimbanyana game. Mm-hmm. And then I would kind of like drop in. It seemed to me that uh, he had the Jadavian Clowney junior year approach. He did. Where Jadavian got his contract based on his sophomore year at South Carolina. And that junior year was just about, hey, boys, let's uh, keep it between the lines and let's make sure we get out of this thing healthy. It, it felt like one of those kinds of years. I just, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know, like. I think that's kind of the other thing. It's like, we don't know when a lot of these guys, like one thing that I do like, one thing that I, I 
do like about Scoot beyond the name. I mean, can we all agree? It's awesome. A guard man. with the name Scoot Henderson, like that's just like that right there. I'm already in. Yeah. I did like in that game against Wimbignana when everybody else is like freaking out. Like he's like, give me the ball and he would just go right at him. Yeah. Like I yeah. do kind of, I kind of like the guy like that. Like, and then obviously that can, that can maybe verge on like irrational confidence. Like you, you could wind up being swaggy P in which, you know, you, you think that even on a floor with Clay Thompson and, and Steph Curry, it's like, I'm the one that needs to be taking these shots. Like you, you can respect that. I just don't know what to think about Miller because how much of, I don't feel like if, if we never would have seen the NCAA tournament, don't you feel like Miller's profile is bigger? So Miller took 100 uh, threes from behind the break. In other words, NBA threes last yep. season at Alabama. Shot 35%. He shot, was in the 20s from, on corner threes. That's fine. You can build on that. But if that's his ceiling, he's just a player. Because he's, no, he's not the world's greatest athlete. He's big. No. And he I mean, looked, there's a reason why there was a reason why what he was a four star like yeah I mean what he was like mid thirties like he obviously was a a good prospect coming out of high school mm -hmm. but I mean he was not elite no no I mean and you know and Oates runs a really good system he benefited from the system I mean I like I, Miller I like him a lot I mean I, I'll be honest I mean if the if the Thunder had a top four pick. Other than Winbanyama, I would be like, oh, get Brandon Miller because he's the perfect fit. He rounds out the lineup and you're 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 set for five years. So you'd be, I, doing what the Hornet, you'd be doing what the Hornets are doing? But if I'm if I'm the Hornets at two, I know what I'm doing. I'm taking Scoot. I'm 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 absolutely taking Scoot. I'm or I'm trading the pick. I'm trading back a little and getting more assets to swing down the road somewhere. I I, I don't I don't I love the, I don't love Miller on their team. I guess the problem that I have is if we're truly in this day and age of where position doesn't matter as much, it's like you're either a wing or you're a big or you're like lead ball guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, why, why is it such a bad fit with LaMelo and Scoot? Like, I mean, it's what I got, think. Like, Play if you've got two guys, like, I just, at a certain you're point, not winning like, next year, right? You're, I mean, you're Charlotte. You're not, you're not winning the East next year. So experiment. I don't know. Like, I just think about like, how much different isn't than like having two elite receivers. You ever seen a, you ever seen a team that's like we don't want that? No, I'm, I'm in. I'm in that. You boat. know, LSU when 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 the, when they had Jefferson, they said you know Jamar go sit on the sidelines. No, they put them both on the floor. They just figured it out. Like yeah. All right, like, let me ask you my this. My whole deal is like on that is like if you can't figure that out, be a better coach. All right, outside of the top three. Is there anybody in this lottery that you think is worth a franchise putting all their assets together to trade up and go get, whether it's Utah or Oklahoma City or any of the teams that have a lot of, that have been collecting assets? Is there any guy that you look at and go, you know what, you should go push him in, get that dude and go for it? If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. 
twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, JJ breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My gut says no, right? Because I think the other thing that like when we like to go back to the beginning of the conversation, the other thing that's really stood out to me is about the NBA in general. Very quickly, we've gone from like first rounders, like first round picks being like legitimate assets to now it's like, you know, I think the people that think the Grizzlies overpaid with two firsts for like they're just not watching like in the it's end the 25th pick in the draft i mean like the 20 i'm, I'm looking at a mock draft here in the athletic it's, and it, it's I, 25 it's tonight's 25 and then also it's next year's golden state pick which is likely to be in the 20s as well so here's who they're projecting from 22 to 27 okay this is what you this is what if you're memphis this is what you quote gave up nick smith jr who was awful at arkansas Bryce Sensabaugh, who I can't stand. Noah Clowney at Alabama. You watched in the SEC. Noah Clowney's fine. Whatever. Colby Jones from Xavier, projected at 25 now to Boston. Jet Howard from Michigan, who I wouldn't touch, at 26. And then um, Olivier Maxine Prosper from Marquette. Good player. Three and D wing. Ben Shepard from Belmont's at 28. I mean, none of those guys are going into the Grizzlies and going, okay, we're moving you to the... Uh, we're taking you to the next level. No, I mean, and that's kind of the other thing. For the Grizzlies, if they would have wound up picking tonight at 25, it's probably a disaster in this sense. You just publicly admitted 
at your exit interviews that going all in on youth was a massive mistake. It's well documented that you've been trying to find a Dylan Brooks replacement since at the minimum, even though it was before this, at the minimum, the trade deadline. If you would have picked tonight at 25, that would have meant that you literally were unable to make any deal that was on the table. And therefore, you're going to wind up at 25 trying to essentially run back the exact same thing you did last year, except without Dylan Brooks. Do you buy any of the Pelican stuff about Zion? I mean, the they problem have, with- they have here's 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 somebody said this the other day on a podcast. And I can't remember who it was. They said, you know, if someone came out today and put out a report that, hey, Memphis is amenable to to trading John Morant, the Grizzlies would shoot it down fast. There's been, there's been stuff that's come out about Williamson and the Pelicans have not shot it down. Can I buy it? Sure. I still think it's a lot like. It's uh, something that. Uh, we've been going through in Memphis recently where a lot of us have had to deal with our wives making some form of comment of like, I want out of the town, like I want out of the city. And it doesn't mean that you think it's like a bad idea or that you disagree with it. It does also mean, though, at a certain point, you're going to have to grit your teeth and make the deal. I think that clearly the Pelicans are beyond frustrated with Zion. At the same time, it's like their best chance. Because at this point, if you trade Zion, I mean, I don't even know. Do you want to do the convert? What percentage of a dollar are you going to get? 60? Tops. Okay. I, I don't know. Unless, unless Charlotte traded you the second pick, at which point you're going, all right, we're doing this for Scoot Henderson before okay. Portland can get him. Okay, and, and then you're rolling. And then you're just rolling the dice. You're going, okay, we're we're going to gamble that we're going to gamble that Zion's never going to get over his myriad of issues. First and foremost is his inability to stop eating, and and probably Scoot, New Orleans was a bad fit from the beginning. And that Scoot's a generational guard who you're, you can build your whole thing around and in new orleans a point like like you mentioned a guard named scoot henderson who lights up the league is gonna fill up that arena and sell a bunch of jerseys yeah i mean i guess the like the i still look at it this way if the pelicans reach their ceiling it's with all nba zion williamson and i completely understand every hesitation with zion and i think we all do at the same time, like, I do think it, it is like overlooked that the year that he like stayed healthy, he wasn't all NBA play. Like he's insane offensive. Oh, oh you're a top five player. No question. So at a certain point though, you're going to have to make that decision of even if you believe in Scoot Henderson, like how many are you really willing to say like, he's going to be an all NBA guy. Cause we know Zion is like, that's ended up being the calculus. Mm-hmm. Yo, for sure. Now, it's also entirely possible that given what given what the Pelicans know, oftentimes, like when you know more, you're you're spent, you're exhausted. And you're like, you know what? Let's let him just go be someone else's problem. Like, I think that's kind of what the Grizzlies did with Dylan. They were able to get away with it a lot easier because particularly after the playoffs, 
the fan base had just had enough, much like I think the, the team had. But it's not like obvious that the Grizzlies have upgraded. Like Dylan Brooks is an elite defender. At times, he has been a productive offensive player. Yes, in the end, it didn't work. But I think what everyone's seen is like, if you want an elite wing defender that also can shoot the three, well, that's really expensive. And there's just not many of them. So like at a certain point, somebody's going to have to make the calculus of, are we just, are we willing to just sell this off? You know, essentially, you know, fire sale style. Are we willing to just sell this off for pennies on the dollar and just to be done with it? And if you give a scoot, let's try that again. I'm prepared to be pissed off tonight, by the way. Um, the Thunder at 12. I don't think they're going to trade up. I don't think there's anyone to go trade up for. The only spot they might trade up is to 10 because I'm not sure Dallas really wants to take the pick and there's a deal that could easily get made there. But I fully anticipate the Thunder to be sitting there at 12 with a couple of shooters on the board, Grady Dick, Jordan Hawkins, and the Thunder go, nah, we're going to do another one of these crazy European swings and just see what happens. I'm completely completely prepared for it. If if at 12 they draft anybody other than Bilal Koulibaly, I'll be shocked just because that's what they do. They take some dude that's going to be a project that super high ceiling, incredibly low floor. And totally braced for it. Totally braced. I mean, it is that's basically what everyone has a mocked at too. And I feel like that... <laughs> I feel like when everyone has that, it's like they got a pretty good idea that that's who the Thunder like. Yep. I mean, Presti was in France or in Europe to watching Metropolitan 92, and it wasn't because he thought he was going to trade up to get Victor. It was, to watch, it, was, it was to watch Koulibaly. I'm sure that's what he's doing. Yeah. It feels about right. Business side of things, guys. Uh, I meant to mention this yesterday, but good with Jeffrey on today to do it. This, uh, what the Jazz have going from a TV package standpoint is regional sports networks dying all over the country in different ways. They're going to air all of their games, not exclusive to national television, uh, in a couple places next year on free over the air television locally, meaning that if you have basically rabbit ears, you can get the Jazz. And then online with a uh, directed to consumer stream for uh, for fans, basically to reach as many viewers as possible. And while the regional networks have been incredibly unreliable over the last twenty four to thirty six months, something like that, and becoming more so by the day, they did give a ton of revenue. Now the scheme is to get as many eyes as possible and try to sell more traditional type advertising to make up the revenue difference. Is this the start of something? And then I'm assuming the CBA or whatever doesn't allow baseball to follow this path that they wanted to. I think you're correct. So, Neil, have we gotten any indication of what? So this is the same thing the Suns announced that they were going to do. And then it got sent to the courts. And I, I got the sense that it got blocked by the courts. Now. Maybe, maybe I think no, because that was after Ishbia took over. It feels like the Jazz might have a better chance, like politically, in their state of like being able to kind of force feed this. I want to be clear. I'm rooting for this. Oh, this me is, too. This is something that is clearly in a day and age where the standard policy 
for sports leagues has become we have adopted the airline policy and that our customer service policies F the customer. Like we're, we're going to do what we want to do. I am rooting for this. I also would be uh, appropriately on this program. I'd be the guy that would raise my hand. Is anyone familiar with how the Pac-12 network became a disaster? Whether it's right or wrong, this isn't the first time that someone said, well, let's just go straight to our fans and Mm -hmm. in television, particularly. Let's just go straight to our fans. Because this is not like Tucker Carlson, where Tucker Carlson's the brand and his people like are going to follow him. It's a lot more difficult in the sense of running TV. You have to like have relationships in TV. There's a reason why the Big Ten partnered with Fox, and there's a reason why the SEC partnered with ESPN. And both those two leagues have incredibly passionate fan bases. And I 100% believe if the smartest move was for those two leagues to sit there and take it directly to the consumer, they would have done so. So I, I'm very clear on my stance on this. I am rooting 100% for this. I think, though, this is probably something that sounds a lot better in theory than it probably will in practice because in, in the end, like for this to be successful, A, do they know how to like run a broadcast? Like, it, it, It's also worth noting this is inside the state and then a 150-mile perimeter um, outside yeah, of I that. Mean, it's essentially like being the network, yeah. Yeah, because their, their issue is like, yo, hey, we, really want, we want this to be out of market too. We're trying to take this national. Well, the NBA League Pass has something to say about that and is not – going to just go yeah sure but their point was with the regional sports network the way it was this past season only 39 percent of the households in utah could watch their games even had the availability to watch their games yeah i think even if you had league pass yeah because inside yeah inside utah even if you you know if you're even if you have league pass you can watch i don't know if does it does it block out even if like even if so the problem is I believe they were partnered up with Altitude Sports, and apparently Altitude Sports was one of those providers that couldn't cut a deal with all of the with all the cable satellite providers. Okay, and so you know, I think Directv had it, but I don't think Comcast had it, or you know, whatever the whoever the number one cable provider is in Utah, I believe they didn't have like they couldn't come to an agreement. The thing is. I don't know what it costs to run an 82 game schedule from a sunk cost, like, you know, what it takes to pay the talent, what it takes to run the broadcast truck, everything. But you're basically going to have to figure out a way to make $10 million on that. And you're basically hiring your own inside sales team to go and do that. Mm-hmm. It's just something that I think is a lot easier said than done. So, I mean, basically, let's say it takes a hundred. $100 million a year to do that. You got to sell $110 million worth of ads to basically, you know, get back what you what you had. To basically your same advertising people who are still advertising in all the other ways that you're advertising. Correct. And also like, you know. Because it's not you nationally don't... you're selling them. You're only still selling to this group of people. You're still regional in your ad scope. Well, and on top of that, like, I mean, I guess it's possible you go and you hire T 
TV ad people. But like, you know, most of the time you're going to wind up just like telling your sales team like, hey, you know, let's pivot to selling these people on TV. And it's like they haven't sold TV like they you know what I mean? Like in it's essentially trying to start a TV network out of nowhere. And I am very clear. I pray to God that this works because this actually is something to me that says we are actually trying to acknowledge that we need fans and we need fans to be able to watch our product. I'm just skeptical. Yeah. It's the maddening part of, it's the maddening part of major league baseball is there's so many fans out there that can't watch the teams they want to watch just because of the, because of the blackouts. So I, I have direct TV and there's probably some bars in the country that spend more money on television than I do on a yearly basis, but that's about it. Like I, I find it hard to believe there's a whole lot of people that are spending more than, than uh, I, m- I myself and my wife are on TV. I'll have like random, like I can't figure it out. There's just days where Cardinal games just don't show up. And like, I'll go through the channels where I know they would be on direct and they're just not there. And so I've called and complained. Everyone says, no, like the, the customer service is like, well, no, you, you, you should have these. And I'm like, I don't. That's why I'm on the phone with you and no one can figure it out. So it is a maddening thing. Like it goes beyond just sitting there going, well, the Cubs are playing the Reds today. And even though I pay for extra innings, I've got to sit here and watch the Reds broadcast or whatnot. Like, yeah. Like, I want to watch with my guys. Now I will say for me now that Chip Carey is now the lead guy and <laughs> we, we've got a lot of Jimmy Chip. I've never been a Chip Carey fan to begin with. Um, and then you pair him with Jimmy, Jimmy ball game. Who yeah. might guy. be on top of what seems to be a pretty well-documented bad guy. Um, he's also a bad broadcaster, so it hasn't been that bad watching on mute a lot. Or yeah, have you found have you found yourself liking Chip more or less when he does your team? Uh, less. Okay, yeah. It's it's an easy answer. Okay, I will say this: he's not good, but I do think he cares. Like I do think he is passionate about being a baseball broadcaster. Like, I think he makes a very concerted effort to like learn the team, know what he's doing. He's prepared. It's just like, I just don't want to listen to him. Now I'll say this, like from a Cardinal perspective, McLaughlin, you know, despite, you know, personal misgivings, he, he was the Cardinals guy, but like he was, you could tell like he was clearly yeah. trying to be like a a pro a professional broadcaster. He was good. Yeah, he could Chip talk about is, other te- he could talk about other teams and with you know, and look if the Cardinals were losing thirteen to two that day, and that happens in baseball, he yeah. he would talk about. No, he's pretty oh, much tell it like like it was. Yeah, yeah. But Chip, and I'm sure that this probably plays well with most of the Cardinal fan base. Chip's got red on every night. You know what I mean? Like it's it's immediately we got to get it done. You know, it's, it's, it's the Cardinals and whatnot. And I'm sure that that plays with a lot of people. It's just not my favorite. 
I I listened to some of their broadcast when the Contreras thing went down with them not letting him catch for a little while. And the spin that was coming out of there, out of Chip's mouth was like, dude, this is nauseating. No, nobody believes what you're saying. Nobody believes it. Even if that's what the Cardinals are telling you, nobody believes it. Stop. Yeah, that's he, company man, though. Yeah, it's company man. Um, Real quick baseball question. Are you, when you look at the Central, I mean, it's a, it's a, Starting to become a better division because Milwaukee's playing better. Cincinnati's on fire, although I'm not sure the metrics are sustainable. Is it too late for St. Louis, or do you still think uh, they're maybe the most talented team? They'll eventually put it together and, and make a run. Is it too late mathematically? No. I would love for someone to present to me a scenario in which the Cardinals get it together. Like we talk about talent, where's the arm talent? So what do they do about talent? Like everyone talks about these bats. It's not like it's not like the Cardinals are losing 13 to 11. I've watched my fair share of three to two L's during this entire team. It's not like this is some unstoppable offense. Like, yes, is the offense better than the pitching? Sure. It just feels like. I don't know. I guess I left myself wondering, like. Why were they the favorites? Like, were they the favorites simply because of the name on the jersey and the division was thought to be bad? Because on paper, it's not like on paper this team had like 100 wins written all over them. They're not bad, the but they've be- got the second best run differential in the league. And the Cubs are actually number one. They've the also played the league. The division, sorry. Okay. They have, they have also been somewhat unlucky with the schedule like their schedule has turned out to be tougher than it was probably thought to be with that said like you know like when you just watch a team and like you just don't believe in them like I've had there's been plenty of cardinal teams that like I knew in the end were flawed and we're gonna you know weren't gonna get to the end this team just this team just sucks to watch because most of the time you're just like uh, they're just like out there like, I, I don't know. There's just nothing. And, you know, I, clearly Marmol was a cheap hire and it's backfired and yet no one wants to acknowledge it. So, but I mean, at the same time, like, is Marmol the reason why last week they had the worst record in the National League? Like, no. Like, come on. There's, I mean, what? On, what is the best manager? How many games would you say makes a difference? Probably what, three, four? Yeah. No, I mean, if you're going to talk, blame it on management, you got to blame it on Mosaic. Yeah. I mean, to I, me, I'm that's hard. weird. You know, and while, yes, like, can the Contreras thing, like, hasn't worked out, like, the idea that, like, all of a sudden the pitching's bad because Yachty's not back there, it's like, are you kidding me? The pitching's not good because Flaherty, Flaherty opted not to do surgery, which you get. Okay. Wainwright's 40. Michaelis is like an innings eater, but I mean, like what? Miles has always felt to me like an elite number four, maybe like solid three. But like you're having to pitch him like he's your one. And then, you know, your bullpen has been as unreliable as they have been the last couple of years. And they didn't address any of this. Mm -hmm. They're delight to watch. Seven and a half behind the Brewers, nine back of the Reds at this point. 
Shepard, you got a full day. Appreciate it, bud. Talk to you soon. All right, guys. Be good. I mean, seriously, these run differentials in the NL Central. The uh, the Reds have a four-run worst run differential than the Cardinals, and they're nine up. It's almost strange. The Reds oh. have just gotten so hot. They've they've won yeah. ten in a row. Actually, they've won eleven, 11 in, a in a row. Yeah, they're, they're. I mean, they're playing great. I, I they're going to come to earth. Like Pittsburgh has crashed to the earth. It's like the Braves should probably be farther up, further up on the Marlins than they are. They're six up. They've won seven in a row, but their run differential is 120 runs better than Miami. Wow. Atlanta's so freaking good, man. When you watch them on a kind of a night-by-night basis, they're legit. The offense is just incredible. I mean, they're the pitching's good. It it feels unstable in a way. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, they're plus one hundred two in run differential right now, which is the uh, tops in the National League for sure by a long shot. The next is fifty four, which is the Giants. Um, the American League, however, has the Rays at plus one forty six, and the uh, Rangers at one plus one fifty three. At this point, um, the entire AL East is positive in run differential. The Boston Red Sox are in last place and have a plus 29 run differential. 12 games out behind Tampa. Boston 39 and 36. <laughs> I've watched them. They're not bad. Yeah. The Blue Jays are 41 and 35, 10 and a half out. They're, they're actually a pretty good team. The Yankees are a pretty good team, 41 and 33. The Orioles are an exquisite team. I mean, I, back. I watched Baltimore and the Cubs. I watched every, probably pretty much every pitch of that series last weekend. Baltimore is really if, – if you are looking for a young team to invest in as a fan – It's Baltimore. It's, it's Baltimore. Baltimore. It's Baltimore. Yeah. Just the only other one would be the Arizona Diamondbacks. That'd be worth considering. Give me the East Coast team from a time standpoint. Oh, all day. Oh, if, yeah. if, if, you, if you're – If it's a tiebreaker, we're going East. If you're just a person and you're like, I don't really have a team – all my buddies are Braves fans or Cubs fans or Cardinals fans, and I don't want to do that. I want to find my own team. It's the Baltimore Orioles. It's Atlee Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, and they got more dudes coming. They're, they're fun. They, they are legit. They've been much easier to do it because I had a couple years there where the Mariners were a team I was trying to just sort of follow a little bit, but that West Coast thing just makes it – Almost impossible. You go, nah, I can't. I mean, I'm, I'm not staying up till midnight to watch a game with the Mariners, my oh, second or third team. Oh, it's Baltimore. That's your team. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an easy call. I mean, they're – hell, they're fun. If you're looking for a National League team, it's, it's the Braves. But everybody's already cheering for the Braves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, so if you're looking to do something different and new, it's Baltimore. Yeah. I mean, I was watching them against the Cubs, and I was cheering for the Cubs, but I caught myself just kind of fawning over the over the Orioles. Man, I love Rutschman. My God, he's a great player. He's going to be, if he stays healthy, he is going to have a big-time career. He, Chase, he has no flaw in his game. Nothing. There's, there's no flaw in it. It's big. 
powerful, runs well, he's athletic, he's got a cannon, he receives the ball incredibly well. He's obviously already the leader of their team, and he's like 19. I mean, I was older than that, but you know what I mean. Just everything about his game, everything about his game is superb. All the intangibles, everything. Our uh, resident NCAA sleuth, Pat Forty, says that LSU will get its IARP um, answer today from the NCAA. They leaked it to Dana O'Neill. If you if you kiss the NCAA's ass and never stop, they will every once in a while hand you a you cookie. Will, you, you will get timing leaks and you will get shrimp cocktail. That's what you get from you the trip. NCAA <laughs> yes. every time. Yes. yes. That's what you get. And as soon as you finish your shrimp, you put your lips back on. Yeah, you get you get a little shrimp and a little scoop, and that's what you get. Um, by the way, the I R the sorry the I A R P is the Independent Accountability Resolution Process, which is responsible for reviewing select complex infraction cases in Division One. So. And after today, there will be one I A R P case left, and then uh, when that is ruled on, the I A R P essentially will dissolve. Who is the one case? Kansas. Okay. I believe the Kansas investigation began in the Reagan administration. Yeah, pour one out for the IARP. Sorry. I'm having to really struggle not to say AARP when I say it quickly. It's the end of an era, really. Yeah. A complete end of an era. Just very sad. Very, very, very sad. I'm trying to determine whether this is a rumor that's out there today or whether this is like someone reporting that they think this is going to happen. What's that? Detroit sending the number five and Bagley to the Thunder for number 12, a 2025 first-round pick, and a 2026 first-round pick. And if that's true, I would absolutely be fascinated to see who the Thunder would take at five. As a fan... I want That's a lot. Where, what what are the Thunder giving up? Um, number twelve this year. Okay, yeah, a twenty-five first-round pick and a twenty-six first-round pick. So here's the thing oh, with all for the five, for the five, and and Bagley, <sighs> they'd be taking back a bad contract. Is Bagley any good? He's all right. They would just be taking his contract. Okay. The Thunder have a bunch of money under the ninety percent. Well, if you think you're going to be good, then the pick and the twenty-five and twenty-six are in the twenties, and you don't give a crap. Well, and they've got all these other picks. And so like it's 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 what's interesting is Boston went through this with Danny Ainge, where he wouldn't it's why everyone's Danny Ainge is now running Utah and everyone's watching Utah going, they have all these assets, but Ainge has a hard time going, Okay, I'm in. Let's do it. He he loves all the assets. Well, if you have 15 picks and your roster already has 13 dudes. You can't go carry 28 guys on your roster. They don't allow that. So Mm -hmm. every pick can't be – you can't turn every pick into a person. At some point, you've got to combine to go get something. I would love it just from a – because it would tell me, oh, they think they're close. They're going and getting a piece that they think is a could be a critical piece. And then I'd – I would be – I would be fascinated if they if they moved up to five, assuming Houston took them in Thompson at four, the rest of the draft board's right there for you. Who they took at five would tell me so much about 
what they think of what they have. Yeah. Uh, part just wants to see him sit at 12 and either take Grady <clears throat> Dick, Jordan Hawkins and get a shooter, but that's not going to happen. That's too, makes too much logical sense. Seven o'clock, by the way, on the draft tonight, that's on ABC and ESPN. I have no idea if they are showing the same telecast or if there's something different on both of those. Um, I think it'd be different. Those. I think it's different. And then, uh, just closing the Zion talk, I see with the athletic this morning, Zach Harper predicting that they will move him um, at some point in the coming weeks. Uh, Listen, so. tonight at number two, if, if you just like drama, typically the NBA draft brings you some drama. So if you just like sports drama, I guess there's college baseball tonight. Is that right? That is correct. LSU plays Wake Forest in a winner take all. What time is that game? Uh, I assume it's at seven o'clock, but I don't okay. know the answer to that. If you're just looking for something for some for some fun, that number two, it could happen right away. the The beginning of the draft is locked in absolute stone. There's not a, San Antonio's their phones are off. They will they will take Victor Wimbanyama, and then after that, it could happen. Couple uh, random sports things. Uh, PJ Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan, PIF Governor uh, your Yassir, whatever his name is, and uh, Greg Norman have all been invited to testify in front of a U.S. Senate subcommittee about the Saudis' plans to take over the PGA. Um, that is not a surprise whatsoever, but just uh, moving forward there on some potential DOJ interference if that does come to pass. Uh, Chris Middleton turned down his uh, $40.4 million player option last night as well, so he's a free agent. Milwaukee will try to re-sign him. But um, he's got some injury issues in his past. Uh, if you do like college baseball, just pitching tonight is a hell of a pitching matchup. Uh, both teams going with aces. Rhett Louder from Wake Forest against Paul Skeens of LSU tonight in this winner take all. So, and Florida just sits there and goes, "Yes, yes, 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 <laughs> yes." <laughs> yes. Yeah, last night Florida's going. Yeah, you know, I mean, probably would. I mean, playing LSU is kind of whatever. But hey, Skeens throws tomorrow. Yeah, sure. Louder throws tomorrow. Enjoy, guys. We're gonna yep. we're gonna throw our feet up. We're gonna watch a little bit. It's all good. Hey. Uh, kind of felt like Florida won the national title last night. Oh, you think so? Wake and LSU are better than Oklahoma last year. They are. So it's not a coronation by any stretch no, of the imagination. No, 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 no. Because whoever won that Ole Miss Arkansas game was going to win the national title. Yeah. But no, I mean, look, it, it, Florida will have to show up. But having LSU use Skeens today, he realistically can't come back. You got to beat LSU in a three-game series and Paul Skeens doesn't pitch. And you're Florida. And you're like, completely set up with Sproke for game one. I like my chances. You have no issue at all today. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm I mean, I. Chances. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, I thought Florida was going to win anyway. Six o'clock, by the way, on this game tonight, not seven. Okay. So it's ESPN2. You can watch the first hour before the draft if you want to. Not a bad night for sports. No, it's a good night for sports. We'll have It's our last, kind of. By the way, I know it kind of is. We'll have hand-raised guys. I'm going to load it as soon as I can today. Um, It's it's going to be – Kerry Murdoch covers Oklahoma for Sooner Scoop. We'll talk to him about OU, about the schedule – uh, the last time we talked to him, the assumption was that Oklahoma was going to join the league in 2025. 
And he said he thought that was a good thing at that point because Oklahoma had a lot of work to do to get SEC ready. Well, obviously, it's going to happen in 2024, so I'll get his thoughts on that. And then uh, I'll get Michael Luker, who covers recruiting for us. I'll get him on before he takes his uh, little summer sabbatical here soon to talk about this run of commitments for Ole Miss. And then Michael's a major league baseball um, junkie, so we'll we'll talk some we'll talk some MLB with him, and I'll I'll load that as quickly as I can. So that'll be in the stream, hopefully by five o'clock, I would think, and um, or go. I might just live stream it. I might just load it in here. Uh, I'll I'll get that to you. So. Could be a good night. And like you said, maybe one of the last good nights for a while because it shuts down. Uh, last thing there on Wake and LSU. I mean, they, Wake's got to be kicking itself. It actually out-hit LSU last night. It ran into a weird inning, uh, gave up a three-run home run, and LSU got just ridiculous relief work from its bullpen last night. It's, uh, it's bullpen going 7.2 innings without allowing a run. I will give LSU this. If they end up winning it, whoever writes the book about LSU winning it will write about how they kind of got some unlikely outings from unlikely people. You have to. That has to happen every it's time. Only, it's the only way it happens. It just it's it's fortune, fate, whatever word you want to use, karma, hell, I don't know. Whatever it is, it's 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 while we talk about it, it it's it's to win a championship requires a lot of different things but part of the recipe if you don't have this part of the recipe the cake won't bake you have to have luck yeah lsu's had a couple moments and they'll need more they'll need one against florida too of the jack doherty setting down 15 in a row to start a game where you look up and go i'll be damn okay yeah you look up we're, and you we're, go, we're, we're i here. don't know that he could ever do that again and you're like well he doesn't have to he did it that one time yeah pitching it's matchup not, tonight it's, it's, Go ahead. It's not the Paul Skeens that wins it, typically. <laughs> you know, like Ole Miss. Ole Miss, Delusia did not pitch in the series against Oklahoma. Oklahoma. He didn't throw a pitch. You know, he, he had to beat Arkansas because Arkansas forced a second game. So here we are again. I mean, LSU forced another game, and if they pull it off, they won't have Skeens, but they're there. Team Florida they're familiar LSU. with. A Florida LSU final is that's pretty sexy from a it's the two most talented teams in the country. And I don't know if you've noticed this. Get used to it because they both seem to be super active in the portal right now. I know that's going to lead to some Bianco jokes, and we've already talked about that this week. I'm, I'm it's almost tiring. But boy, they're building superpowers. LSU's yeah. kind of getting whatever they want. Florida's kind of getting that the kid from Alabama that put up the big numbers. I think Connor he, Shelton. Shelton, I, I think he's going to Florida. Yeah, I do too. I think he's going to Florida. That's been that's been my thought the entire time. Ole Miss actually holding off LSU for Andrew Fisher, the Duke third baseman. They pick him up yesterday um, over the uh, the Tigers in that. So as I said yesterday, I thought that was a telling sign one way or the other, and they did secure Fisher um, yesterday for what for LSU's doing. Chase, I don't know whether you're comfortable saying this or not, but I've heard it from else, elsewhere. What LSU is doing to people is two things. A, they're, they're getting, getting guys that they want, and B, they're driving up the price yes. on guys that they don't get. Yes, 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 yes. They're breaking budgets. Yeah, they're going in, they're, they're going almost salty on this thing where, okay, you're going to get him, but I'm going to make you spend an extra 75K on him so you don't have it for player two over there. Yeah. Yeah, that's what's going on with Florida a little bit, LSU for sure right now. 
Texas A&M. Um, yeah. And we'll see what Tennessee does. I'm kind of curious about their next couple of weeks as well. Um, by the way, Keith Law has Skeens number two in his current mock. Uh, he has Rhett Louder from Wake number seven. So you've got number two versus number seven in this game tonight. I, I'm a college baseball nut, and even I kind of like raised my eyebrow at this, and I know they just needed a poll, and they were talking about college baseball. I do think it's a format advantage when you really get down to wanting to watch the best teams. I don't agree with the premise here, but the athletic in their pulse this morning, an internal pulse debate is the college world series, a better concept in the NCAA basketball tournament. It's a closer debate than you think while the opening weekend of the tournament gives us unbelievable moments. The college world series gets better and more impressive as it progresses. March madness has more thrills. Sure. But the CWS punches far above its weight due to its structure, which lets the best teams keep clawing despite losing a game. The poll is the College World Series actually better than the NCAA tournament? Yeah. Yes. From a, from from a, a format standpoint, for damn sure. Yeah. I mean, because it also gets the Cinderella occasionally. Oral Roberts was just one of the final four teams in the country. I watched them, they got beat by TCU. It's it's uh, what everyone loves about the NCAA tournament is the bracket and yeah. the cra- the crazy finishes because it's a one game deal. But the tournaments that deal where if you played the tournament again, it would look completely different. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you played the College World Series again that it would look all that different. Yeah, I would still feel very comfortable about Florida advancing through its bracket. I mean, yeah, I mean. but. I get the point. You lose a game like LSU lost a game and now you have to claw. You know, and then once LSU won a game, the the pendulum sort of shifts. Mm-hmm. Now it's Wake going, oh my God. You know, last year when Ole Miss lost the game to Arkansas, the pendulum for a minute there was like, oh shit, did we just blow our chance? That's kind of, it, there's, there's more drama in it. In the NCAA tournaments, it's, it's good, but like... You see the 14 beat the three, and we all celebrate it. I'm like, I get it, but I kind of wanted to see the three play next week. I, I <laughs> yeah. kind of wanted them to – I, I kind of wanted that game. Yeah, hey, that moment was fun, but I, I would rather watch them in the Elite Eight, actually. So can we can we do that? That'd be, yeah, that'd be I super. Mean, you know, someone knocks Michigan State off, for example, and you're like, eh, I kind of wanted to see them next weekend against Duke. I have that thought a lot. I've gotten to where I just want the best teams. It's a good story. I'm good, but yeah, for the most part, just best teams. I'm in the vast, uh, I'm in the vast minority on this. I would love the NCAA tournament to become the Power Six tournament and just play it out. Just play it out. Let everybody play. Get big names. I don't. I don't. If I don't get Loyola Chicago, I'm I'm cool. I'm good. I I, I won't know what I what I missed. Uh, this is one of those deals where. Something we'll give tonight, but just a stat that is interesting because it has no bearing on anything. But uh, Wake Forest has not lost back-to-back games the entire season. Yeah. Well, that'll get tested tonight. You. uh, This is not the same thing because they they're one and one. They've obviously done really well, and it's going to come down to pitching. It's going to be Skeens against Louder, and it's probably going to be a hell of a baseball game tonight. I'm pretty excited about it. The wind has blown in the entire time for the most part. It's been hard to hit the ball out of there. I mean, TCU last night, that last kid, I don't know if you were watching yesterday afternoon, 
Florida makes an over-his-head catch with two outs in the night with a runner on and uh, to win the game. And the ball went 407 feet and didn't leave the park, and he caught it with the wind blowing in. Um, you just when the wind is in, it's it's just a it's a cavern. You can't do anything there. But point being, that environment tonight is going to be even more raucous than usual with LSU. Um, Wake coming off the loss is going to have to kind of handle that in the early innings a little bit tonight, and uh, and that one out there. So, Florida waiting on the winner. Um, should be a fun night though. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Kemp Alderman, a big showing as we close. He uh, at the MLB Draft Combine, he had the. Uh, the farthest hit home run yesterday, um, 432 feet, I think, was the distance on that. And then he also had the uh, the hardest exit velocity as well, 111 and change. Um, and his first uh, – I mean, he obviously played summer ball, but since the season ended, his first foray with a wood bat. So, uh, Alderman did turn some heads at the draft combine over the course of the week. Someone is going to uh, take him and, and, and hope the power translates. There's no doubt. They'll figure out where to put him with a glove. They don't really care. Doesn't matter. Just put him yeah. in the line. Get some home runs and we'll 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 do something with you. I think he's a right-handed Kyle Schwarber. Figure it out. Plate discipline has gotten better. Yeah, and it'll get better. They'll 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 refine that. He'll as a pro, he'll get better at that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's a major league player. Yeah, I, w- I do wonder if he got he's he's probably playing his way up 10 20 picks with what he's doing this week. Something like that. Yeah. He's making a little more coin. And almost Christ. 70, maybe 70 players, something like that, get a million dollars signing bonus wise. I think that's what it is. I think it's like 70, 75. So he, he crushes the ball. Yeah. Uh, okay, Neil talking to Kerry, talking to uh, Michael, so recruiting, Oklahoma stuff going on uh, tonight and uh, on the next edition of the podcast with hand raised guys. Appreciate Jeffrey on what is uh, just a uh, really busy day for him after the trade last night. So appreciate everybody. Take care, and we'll talk to you again soon. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.